Kia ora everyone. This episode of The Stag Roar is brought to you by Shearsies. After COVID last year, I wanted to start putting away some money to create a little bit of a nest egg on top of what I was already doing with KiwiSaver. Shearsies allowed me to invest $25 a week in the share market and see the returns. If you'd like to start investing in the share market, follow the link in the show notes and you'll receive $5 to go towards your first investment. Check it out in the show notes. Follow the link to Shearsies. Come in, come into the into the sound. Wow! <laughs> Whoa! These are epic. So we need that. I think. Yeah, that's your front. I'm going with the stab it into the into the couch vibe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, these one these ones I think are are side ah. diaphragm rather than the end. Do you say diaphragm? Yeah. That's that's the word, isn't it? Yeah. You got a, you got a woolly white or these ones instead of you know the the front on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that we should definitely be eating bananas front on. Wait, I'm really echoey. Is that right? The sound's good. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you're not deep enough in there. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I'm not deep enough in there. Oh my. God. <laughs> hey, I thought you were the professional here. <laughs> Look, I'm just not used to this, this kind of one. It was, it was. Um, I was telling you about how Billy was at her disco on, on the other night, and um, of course, there's a sausage sizzle there. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> and, and the other, you know, guilty thing that you going along with is uh, all your teachers think you're gluten free, and here you are eating a definitely not gluten free sausage in a definitely not gluten free bread, but. I don't know, intuitively, she was biting the sausage on the side. I was like, maybe that's how we're supposed to eat sausages. Was she? Yeah. Bless her. I was, I was laughing to myself. <laughs> Nobody else cared, of course. It's just <laughs> chaos. Kids, th- kindy, kindy, um, kindy disco. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Wow. What does she do with bananas? Um, nah. Straight on. Smashes them. Like, you like, slow down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Um, do you know about the nubbin on on the on the banana? Wait, is that the little brown bit yeah. at the top? The yeah. nubbin. The nubbin. It's probably not called nubbin. It's just the the story I heard, and and this this guy Peter Atia, he's a doctor, and he's you know like most doctors, they're a bit sort of um, quirky, I guess is the word. Okay. Obsessive compulsive to be in that position to be amazing at medicine yes but yeah he, with his family he's just like no you can't eat the oven that's poisonous they'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> just tricks them that's just you know a gag dad gag oh my god <laughs> the nubbin it's like how people pull all the um the, the stringy the bits plith? yeah <laughs> is it called the plith i think so or the pith 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 <laughs> it's definitely pith and orange maybe it's plith and banana. <laughs> 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 no good so we're in your uh Gorgeous fare somewhere in the North Shore. Yep. Um, as I see coming in, oh, beautiful suburb. I've never been here before. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, I was going to start off by saying it's freaking cool that a podcast that interviews mostly men, listened mostly by men, um, one of the top formers is performers. Performers. Performers is, is um, female Morgan Penn talking about sex. 
Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Oh my god! I love that. M- Minuscule compared to uh, your, your podcast with with the lovely Sharon Casey, you know. Oh yeah. Put out there on Rover. I know that's gone berserk, but it just shows people want to learn about sex. Oh yeah. They love talking about it. We don't talk about it enough, obviously. No, no. So um, when when we when I said to you last weekend or the weekend before, can't remember. Must been last weekend. You're about to get out of quarantine. <laughs> yeah. And I'd just been splitting wood. Um, that um, you know, what will we talk about? And I said, well, well, of course we'll talk about splitting wood. And we even just before we're talking about um, Billy getting ready for the disco and you know having a salon set up for her and doing her hair and choosing a clip and stuff. And and you said, you know, diving into the masculine and feminine, um, you know, it's important to feel pretty or chop wood yeah <laughs> who's old mate that you know do, do you remember his handle there's that many names out there oh god no it's bradley thor oh, or something that'll like do that. yeah yeah i mean he's obviously trying to be like thor yeah okay and i mean he's not far off no. let's be honest that bod is tight he's the same juice as liam gets <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that guy's biceps wild jesus liam stop it <laughs> I know, but do you, it was so interesting. I, I, as I was watching those chopping videos, something was igniting in my body. Uh-huh. And I think it's because, like, I'm single at the moment. I've just started dating again after yeah. quite a while. And what I'm getting excited by is, like, that real masculine <laughs> energy, the protector, the provider. And I see all that in that wood chopping. Yeah. It's like, that man's going to make me a goddamn fire, you know? It's security, isn't it? And- yeah. And um, that that sort of um, identity cliches that people push back on, but we all like to be secure. <laughs> Even being a male, I like being secure. As like well, um, when I was doing some coaching last year, it's like, well, what's missing from your life? I was like, oh, sort of like a place to call home, security, um, a little a little bit of stability. Mm. You know, that that's. It's fine, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's actually important. And I think what I see all the time is it always comes back to safety in the body. Mm-hmm. And that's when we feel safe in the body, that's when we can expand. That's when we can learn new things, that we've got more capacity for pleasure. Um, and, and, and moving forward and evolving, you know. Mm-hmm. And from safety, that's when we can connect with another person properly. And um, we do find, you know, we, we used to live in communities way back in the day. Like we actually find our safety with other people. Mm. And I think with that masculine and feminine sort of stuff at the moment where people are like, oh, don't don't put people into boxes and don't, you know, it's like people have kind of lost their way a little bit mm-hmm. about their roles, where they fit, what they can and can't do. And I think there is something very primal about the masculine energy doing that providing and creating that safety and that allows the feminine to be in full expression mm, mm. And, and nurturing and loving and sexual as well so I, I sort of also had the thought i wonder if it was so like resonating with so many people because there's been this very um androgynous landscape across social media for so long and then all of a sudden you like throw in something that's very cliche and people are like get as you say get that real guttural response of and they're like oh where does that come from <laughs> yeah good. like be. what is this and oh what is that what is that feeling i haven't seen that for a while yeah and it's interesting <laughs> right because i preach about like yeah you might see my breasts on instagram but don't sexualize me yeah. you know because they're just breasts it's just a part of my body and it's interesting because 
a lot of the women that follow me have been highly sexualizing the, this man chopping wood. And you, when you started chopping wood, they got very excited by that. Um, but I just think that it's we get to choose what's sexual, right? In our yeah. own mind and through our own lens, it's what we do with it. So mm-hmm. for me, yes, I was being ignited by all these other things. And there was definitely, I was sexualizing it myself. But when I put it out on the gram, it's for other people to decide, Yeah, you know, what they think about it. What? I'm just trying to check your vibe. That might work better. <laughs> I can see my face better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got to see your facials. Oh, hold it here. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle. Right in the middle. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. And um, my mate, Matt, who's he lives down in, in Saranaki, your, your sort of home region. We, mm. we call it the promised land. Um, just you know, there's so much. It's like a milk and honey type spot. It's it? beautiful. That yeah. maunga. Oh my god. The sea spray. Yeah. Wild West Coast. Wild West Coast <laughs> comes with its downsides. You, you get the bloody Wild West Coast. But yeah, he he um his Instagram video started off with him unwrapping the splitter, and I was like, oh, here we go, man, get into it. And then the next video was him using the pneumatic splitter, and I was like. Mate, what's going on? He said, oh, to be honest, I was severely hungover. And plus, we needed to do a trailer load. So, you know, work harder, not smarter. He said, oh, do, I have saved a couple of rounds um, to, to, to use. Because what he's got, he doesn't have a fireplace, but he's just, um, and, you know, this is this is quite fantastic what he's done. He's built this wooden, a come kid set. Like he didn't carve it out, but wooden tub, hot tub. And, oh, and, cool. And it's fire driven. Yeah, it's real cool. And yeah, he gets to look over the maunga from his, from his hot tub. Oh, that's a dream. <laughs> I'm getting in there. But actually, um, it was fascinating because he did a slow-mo of the splitter and the actual cracking of the wood. I was like, oh, that's still quite good. <laughs> it's, there's something in the noise, eh? It's so satisfying. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Success. And I, I was, um, as, as a student, good old student job search, one of my jobs one day was um, for a lovely elderly lady in Mount Eden was splitting a trailer load of firewood for her. Was she spying on you by any chance, watching you do it? That was me and another bloke. And we're just sort of, you know, students looking for 50 bucks cash. I'm going to remember that when I'm old. I'm going to bring in some hot young students to split my wood. (laughs) (laughs) She had the splitter at all. She was a champ. I think she brought us out a cuppa and maybe some biscuits, did I? What's a a pneumatic splitter? So it's like, it just has the big triangle steel triangle and it just um with hydraulics just breaks it in half oh well that's no is that fun no there's still satisfaction in it okay yeah and maybe that's like seeing the trailer load of of wood Mm, yeah Mm. getting you know lighting the fire i think um wood splitting appeals to both parts of our reward system like straight away you're like fuck yeah that's done and then You've got that real um, serotonin, like, man, I'm sorted. I'm safe for a while. Yeah, got yeah. A, I've got a shed of wood. <laughs> <laughs> the connotations, eh? <laughs> got wood, split it. <laughs> Scary and sexy all at once. Yeah, no, it's, I think I think that's another thing. It's, it's yeah, it's like the the uh, success moments, like dopamine hit, like shit, yeah. Plus, you're working up a sweat, getting all the endorphins and stuff. Mm. Um, and then yeah. You've got that long-term satisfaction. Yeah, like mm. a little squirrel that's beavered away your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Saving nuts for the winter. That's, that, um, that was in that first 
White Stripes album, May. There's a little, little, little riff amongst the songs, and it was about like the nuts saving saving money for the winter. Did you not listen to the White Stripes back in the day, Morgan? Nah. Hearty band aid, two piece, real basic drumming beat. <laughs> oh my god, get out! <laughs> Did you not like them? Uh, Seven the, Nation take Army. Take me out. Is it oh, White Stripes? No. Okay, I don't know White Seven Stripes. Seven Nation Army. I'm gonna fight them all. Okay. <laughs> Seven Nation Army couldn't hold me back. Go. <laughs> gonna rip that up. And um, now it's popularised by the Hollanders. Oh. Well, second hollow's gone, but yeah, that's what they used to sing in the in the in the zoo. Why sucking oh, the a hole? Oh God! Why sucking a hole? Don't get me started on rugby culture. <laughs> Let's go there. Rugby culture. What's what's the vibe for you, Morgan? I think I've seen it change a lot mm-hmm. in my lifetime, um, but I still think there's a lot of unhealthy behavior what's interesting about it okay one thing that's changed for me is i really love it now that for them that masculine energy that we're talking about Mm -hmm. that men can actually go out and and women too when they're playing rugby obviously with each other but um gold medals oh i know bloody legends balling their eyes out incredible allowing that emotion to run through well just a minute well anyways let's not go there but you know men with all that testosterone in their bodies Mm -hmm. need to kind of get it out you know we're not allowed to just go around punching people on the street so you can have a rough a legit rough and tumble on a field yeah and think about like i think there is something so primal in that rumming rummaging around with each other bashing into each other on a cellular level Mm -hmm. letting so much out and i think as men as well you can be so suppressed in your mm. emotions mm. and the way you are in the world that this is such a good outlet. You can yell, there's yelling, there's like fighting, there's grabbing, you know, like it's all the things you're not allowed to do in the I real do know. world. I do know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very interesting for me to watch now through my lens of my work, Yeah. you know, from the body work. So I think it's fantastic. It's a fantastic sport for mm. getting all those things out. Yeah. Um, at high school, I didn't play rugby. I played football, and I was a shocker for just like arguing with the ref or like being a bit aggressive, grabbing, grabbing the old yellow card a, a few times. And yeah, I think one time we ended up with a, with a red, which was no good. But um, yeah, but then I also played water polo, and that's the same. Like it, it looks all uh, you know gentle and elegant above the water, but it's yeah. vicious beneath. And um, yeah, it was exactly that did you feel like you were having an outlet yeah i just like play game after game <laughs> it was good and then what about afterwards was it like cathartic yeah Could you... you were charged exhausted yeah and yeah you, yeah it's, and it, i just had the thought while you're talking there it's kind of like you you hear about roman greco roman wrestling they used to like do it in their undies yeah sumos do it in their undies yeah yeah it's like skin on skin slap bang yeah <laughs> Yeah, so there's like that aspect of it, mm. but then I saw like it's the I think it's the off the field mm-hmm, stuff for mm-hmm. me that like gets my goat. Yeah, and you know, like I, initiations and that sort of carry on. Yeah, and the partying and the yeah. you know, like I so I saw this club like one of my friends club rugby like they just won mm. and they're all in like their whites and yeah. their they t- ties, their ties. <laughs> but they all had their pants off and they're just in their gruts yeah. just like dancing up a storm and like slapping each other's bums and stuff and i was like 
what is this? Yeah. Like, it's a vibe, eh? It's, it's a vibe, but if they weren't rugby boys, can you imagine the judgment that would have gone on to them? Yeah. I was even old Kurt, Kurt Baker, eh? Um, what, was, what was that? Commonwealth Games. What did he do? In the neck on the dude's shoulders. And oh my, I haven't seen this. Oh, have you not? Seen no. <laughs> so I missed out. It's, it's like a thing you, people, lots of people now do when they win the championship. They'll get one dude in the neck on someone's shoulders and um, holding the holding the trophy and tag tag Kurt Baker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. He's made a viral phenomenon. Oh my god! <laughs> Why haven't you recreated this one for me? No way. <laughs> it's not my vibe. Nudity's not my vibe. Eh? I've got plenty of friends that you know get one on two of them and it's, we're streaking through the quad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, like even when I was at high school, yeah. you know, first 15 parties, they'd all light their pubes on fire. <laughs> Keg stands and pubes on fire. Yeah. I kind of miss that smell, you know, it takes me back to my Burn youth. <laughs> Singed. Don't, don't get laser sur- eye surgery. You'll be like lying there be like, yeah, first 15 parties. <laughs> Triggered. Because, <laughs> yeah, the uh, corny's just collagen. It smells the same. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, they have like a little vacuum above your eyes sucking away the, the, the smell. But, you know, you still get a whiff wow. of the burnt hair smell. Yeah, no, um, that was the same at the first 15. I never went to the first 15 parties, but I knew that was the vibe. Yeah, they had like links to their pubes. And, <laughs> yeah. I think that's called like a flaming flaming tuck or something like that. Oh, my God. It's been around for years, that. Mm. Well, I'm know. old now, so. No, yeah. but like, I remember explaining that to my mum. So, oh, yeah. People used to do that at university. It was so good. <laughs> oh, yes, mum. It's been going on in Otago for at least, you know, what's that, 40 years? Think about the, the bushes in the 80s as well. Like, oh, God, that would have been wild. Way more wild. <laughs> Wildfire. No, but te- teenage boys, that's probably the, probably the, that's probably, maybe that's the beginning of the um, manscaping. <laughs> <laughs> Burn-offs. Burn-offs. You control burn-offs. <laughs> do, 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 um, do you get the old uh, DMs from the, uh, what are they called, shave my balls or something like that? What? Smooth smooth balls. You know, you know how there's the, the razor companies that don't cut you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, do you? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, huh. there's a bunch of like, I don't know why they... Hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think... It's 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 a real classic DM gag like buy our thing and we'll promote you. Oh, and you'll yeah. get a discount code. You're like go away. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh. jog on. Yeah, and they're in the in the states, and you're like, do you actually deliver over here? Yeah. How, how long is this going to take to get here? No, it's good. The social media world. Yeah. No. Um. There's definitely some odd things in um initiations initiations in rugby. Yes. Yeah, like um, listening to Dwayne Sweeney and Brad Weber talk about Morrinsville, they get someone's sock and you got to, you know how you said shoeys. Yes. Yeah, well, it's like a sock. It, originally, it was your sock, which is still pretty gross. But then when Brad Weber played for Morrinsville, they made got somebody else's sock and they had to suck a beer through a sock. I was like, oh. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh. Mm. And then what about the sexual side? Um. What are, you, what are you referring to? Okay. I've, I I actually haven't come across any initiations that have been sexual. I've been lucky in my, what was that, good 12 years of rugby. Yeah. We just ate gross shit and drunk too much beer, so you vomited. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when I was dating a rugby player and they were the Ramfurly Shield. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And they would all sleep. They mm. would pound someone oh. on the shield. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing, right? You know yeah. about this, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, there's surely lots of people know about this. Mm. Mm. And it's just like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. It's... Yeah, family that shield could talk. Oh maybe God. not. Maybe better left unsaid. I think so. Oh my God, I feel sorry for the person who has to clean it. You yeah. know, after each a championship, lot of, a lot of steel icon, <laughs> silver <laughs> polish, so many badges too. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be a bit uncomfortable. Eh? Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, you'd want to make sure you've uh, had a flaming tuck before you jump on the shield. Don't don't catch a pube on <laughs> one of those little badges. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so back back on the like sort of divide that we've had around like it's either um, you know people being at one end of the spectrum being like I'm I'm a hypermasculine person. We need to reject all this shutdown, or it's like completely androgynous like don't don't you know flick either way or other they just kind of stay in the middle and then you get these um guttural responses to things like that um i sort of look at it and and masculinity is one of the things that started this podcast listen to a podcast called every man and that was about getting in touch with your learned behaviors where they all come from um how you react to stuff and is it a you know inverted commas toxic response or or like you know oppressive response or is it something that's considered is it something that you can acknowledge where all these feelings come from and of course that's part of it understanding what the fuck feelings are yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just angry <laughs> <laughs> no no you've this has happened in your life and this is how you cope with it and carry on i think if you can explore that avenue well then you can be like quite complete you can be someone that goes and chops wood and goes hunting and enjoys the bush and um you know carries heavy shit does crossfit but you can also have a cry <laughs> absolutely yeah you can go to your um daughter's uh disco and, and do the macarena with glow sticks and <laughs> you know watch ballet and get get emotional when she says you know sees her rainbow and and um unicorn bed and says i love you daddy you know you can you can have we have we cry yeah yeah well that's a that's a well-rounded individual i think oh thank you (laughs) i'm trying (laughs) you know it's only taken four years of this podcast and listening to various spectrums of things but i think i'm getting there slowly we're all we're all (laughs) trying to get there you know it takes time yeah oh shit yeah and you have to embody it, yeah. right? So you can learn, you can cognitively learn all this stuff and it can just mill around up there. Yeah. But to actually live it, mm. it's different. So, but you are. It's amazing. Trying, try, yeah. Um, interesting patient the other day, he's a facilitator of a men's group in Tokoro. Mm. And he was telling me the story about they had um, this guy come down from up north who had been a black power um, boss up there and, had done a lot of, un, you know, uh, what would you call it? Yeah, that, that bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, abused people and and his and his family and things like that. And they sort of said to him, you know, well, why do you why do you do that? Oh, that's how I was treated. And they're like, just you know, have you thought about that differently? Did you like that? No. 
well, why would you pass it on? And it was just kind of like something so simple to pass on a, a system interrupt. And it's like, oh, and then completely different person. And now this person facilitates the same stuff um, up north. You know, it's that ripple effect and an example of somebody that has been something and now something different. It's it's quite awesome to hear. But yeah. Wow. It's, it's incredible how it can be just like one one thing that becomes a system interrupt. Are you finding that a lot with your, your clients? Like they haven't thought about, or it, it's never been, the a different idea has never been introduced to them? Absolutely. <clears throat> and I guess for me, uh, whenever I work with my clients, it's a co-creation. You know, mm. I don't want to be a guru or like the all yeah they're all knowing i want them to piece it together because that's what sticks right when Mm. they find the gold so i guess with my kind of work is i'm asking questions that people have never been asked before because Mm -hmm. people don't talk about their sex life except from was it good was it big (laughs) did he eat you out you know like you know that you have with your pals you know um so it it is about thinking about things in a different way it's something as simple as like you know what does sex provide for you in this relationship Mm. you know what does it mean to you what does it give you how do you want your partner to feel after sex just thinking about things in a different way so that we're not just going in there and doing things the same way we've done things all the time. Get our end off, as, as you know, go yeah. back to the was it good. <laughs> yeah, or just assuming because you've been with someone for quite a while that, oh, I know how they like it, mm-hmm. you know, because like we're a different person every day. Mm. We might like something different. We might not like that. No, man. Our slap anymore. <laughs> One night on the booze, yeah, we might have fucking loved it. This yeah. time, no. Yeah, yeah. What, what was... One man, no man stands in the same river twice because the river is not the same and it's not the same man. All women, or non-fairy folk, binary folk, or fairies, fairies, yeah, fairies, fairies, yeah. anything you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, is is the did he eat you out thing? Is that a meme because it's true? Like seriously, is that a meme because it's true? Yeah, I think it's become like this this thing like i think it's almost like in that like women's liberation it's become this thing like yes eat it like (laughs) so it's because it's rare it's become a a an empowered thing that like i got them to it's almost become like the benchmark now it's like you, you you eat it or you get it you know get out like it's kind of that sort of thing it's like that's the measure of the man yeah that's what I see in the the circles of women that I'm talking to, anyways. Right. So, so how do the men learn? Um, well, you can get a mango. A mango, yeah. Yeah. Mango is delicious too, especially the Aussie ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Mangoes. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> the, the, the fruit. Yeah. 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 Um, Definitely talking fruity. <laughs> do you know what? Like the thing is that. Um, there's actually amazing like resources online to learn how to do these kind of things Mm. but the best way is just to be with a vulva owner and Mm. ask them what they like ask ask for help yeah guidance there's not that's probably taking a step back something that um new zealand males aren't very good at asking Uh, for help mm, this is very true you know we've got to take some steps back yeah yeah i guess 
slow. Slowing down is probably the universal rule on that. Yeah. So do you know any sort of stat on how long um, clitoral and vaginal stimulation would take? For an orgasm? Yeah. Well, so it takes a vulva owner like 20 to 40 minutes to actually engorge all the erectile tissue down there. Get warmed up. And to be ready for internal penetration. Gotcha. Because so much happens actually on a physiological level internally. Um, Like the whole vaginal canal lengthens, doubles in length to be ready to actually make room for a penis. What an amazing organ. Amazing, eh? But that also means that, like, the whole womb space, like, uterus and stuff moves up at the same time as well. So quite often um, some, you know, womb owners can feel, like, cramping mm-hmm. afterwards um, because of that because it's all moved and shifted. The body's incredible. But then the stat is that once warmed up, like, if it's clitoral stimulation, its standard is four minutes. Wow. Yeah. So that's where in the mood does come from, though, right? A hundred percent. The heat you can get, sort of, um, uh, what is, what's Chinese medicine based on? Uh, chi, chi, like, like uh, the chi, the yeah, energy, yeah. yeah. Like the heat, you've got to have the heat in the part of the body that you want going. Yeah, you've got to be about splitting that wood for twenty minutes before <laughs> you light the actual fire. <laughs> you like the, yeah, you got, you got to get the paper. You got to split the wood, get the paper on, stack it properly, let it sim sim. Uh, What's that word? I don't know why I can't think of words this morning. <laughs> Damn, it's too early. Haven't drunk all weekend. Had two coffees. Maybe that's overstimulated. <laughs> no, yeah, you've got it simmer away. Oh, the simmering. Yeah. That's yeah. that's key. And actually, that's really important, I reckon. So simmering mm. is actually like a sexual term as well. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Mm. So it's about like you are. You're literally like think about a pot on the boil but you're just like letting it slowly slowly simmer and building and i think that's really key for couples as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. um say if they're planning to have some sexy time that night is they start the simmering like in the morning you know so morning yeah so like a little butt grab or a grind or a a steamy pash session Mm -hmm. some text throughout the day you know things like that so the simmer is there Mm -hmm. so that totally like on a cellular level especially for you know because the mind is our biggest sex organ that keeps you engaged (laughs) good yeah Yeah. so and then and then mate you get together at the end of the day and you're ready to Mm. get straight Mm. to the boil yeah or in my case it's like been a week because we're we're long distance so you know oh yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah so you're simmering hard (laughs) simmering for a week and a half week yeah yeah no um yeah, it, it's interesting you say how the mind is the biggest sex organ. It can also be the thing to, to turn you off. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. People get stuck in their mind mm-hmm. instead of being in their body and having the felt sense mm. of the reality of what's going on. Mm. So, yeah, if we we could use sex to escape or, you know, and that can be a mindfulness thing and, and get into our bodies... Or we can um, be distracted and never feel sexy, never be able to get into our bodies. So so I guess it's kind of like taking that leap to, um, and that's where you're talking about safety, to sort of submit to that, that sort of place, isn't it? Absolutely. 
And I've actually been thinking about this recently. I was talking to my brother about it. Your brother? Good. Yeah, because I was very... you got mum, you got your brother. <laughs> yeah, the whole family's in on this, you know. Yeah. Um, I was wondering from like a penis owner's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, there is this thing about, and I'm talking in heteronormative couples here, about, um, you know, the woman coming first. Mm-hmm. And what that says to me is that a man has to then be very aware of what's going on for that woman Mm. and controlling himself whereas what i try to teach about sex is like losing yourself in your body giving over your mind to your body and letting your body lead and feeling everything but if you are being measured Mm -hmm. and then you feel that build up and you're literally like having to stop like oh, jesus on the cross jesus on the cross you Apo- know? apologizing shit i'm gonna come <laughs> <laughs> you know you you're actually stopping <clears throat> the actual sequencing of what's happening in your body and so to me i'm wondering if this is an it's an interruption that's happening mm. that really stops true pleasure i don't know like is this something that you're aware of or you experience i, I, I def- definitely um uh, feel what you're saying about um you've got to sort of hold yourself temper yourself mm. trying trying to uh i guess that's like kind of <laughs> thinking about sex in quite a goal-orientated manner of like well if if we can um get the partner to orgasm and then i can orgasm then we've had a great success <laughs> yeah it's a win <laughs> it's been a great time yeah <laughs> all around yeah, yeah. A- and um yeah that, that you can go back to that like it's controlling like yeah you know did did you orgasm on that one though that you know yeah no but that but it was great there was something you you brought up about stopping when you're pleasured doesn't necessarily mean need to be when you've ejaculated or orgasmed like um some of the words you put around like thank you that felt great but i'm done now yeah well because society tells us like once there's an orgasm sex is over right you know but actually when we take away that goal orientation it just makes it way more of an expansive Mm playtime and everything can be good then like the little like leg or inner thigh kisses become like heightened and like Mm. more because we're not aiming for this big thing at the end and um yeah, and, and we don't have to orgasm every time. And when somebody is, like, really pushing for that, you can you can use other words. But, like, I'm feeling so good in my body. I'm just having the best time. And just so you know, I'm probably not going to orgasm tonight or today, this morning, lunchtime, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know. Um, and it's so funny that we even have to kind of tell the other person that. But because we're so conditioned to be going for the orgasm, we yeah. kind of have to have this communication. So where did the sort of sexual revolution come out? Was that like a sixties hippie thing? <laughs> well, yeah, for for women to for the feminists, yeah, Jermaine Greer, like all those people that were like burning the bras in the sixties and seventies, yeah, fighting for equality <clears throat> and you know because the woman couldn't even get like the birth control pill, mm. you know, they were ashamed and you know abortion was illegal and I mean it still is in some places, but mm. the freedom around sexual choices for women just weren't there um but yeah i guess we look at like even you know playboy they mm. did so much in the 60s and 70s i mean i'm on the fence about old hugh heff but <laughs> it actually did so much for women because it was actually liberating yeah but also derogatory as well in a sexual sense but 
I don't know. We are, we are sort of like swinging, swinging in roundabouts and, and you know, but but like the masculine feminine thing, um, we end up with sort of a white white field. It's almost like um, women have to be everything now. They have they have to be um, mothers. They have to be successful. They have to be sexy. They have to be um, elegant. They have to be professional. <laughs> and it's like, well, what do you want me to be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was um, having the conversation with my mum. Like she said, oh, I was the first person to go back to work um, after having a child within two years, and it took five more years for somebody else to do that. And I was like, "Wow! How about how about how about that, Mum? Like, there's that was not expected of you, but it was allowed, and you had permission, and you had the um, support to be able to do that. Well, not not necessarily support, but you know, there was something that was in place that hey, you could do that. Mm. I then sort of said, "That's now become expected of of women. You know, like still have the career, have the family, yeah, have the house, have have the two cars, have the holidays, have the clothes." It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. There's like uh, the expectation level is with each groundbreaking thing for women, I think there's also uh, becomes expectation. And that was, that was something that I heard that women, this, this is probably generalization of a male, <laughs> but that women sort of feel like they see a benchmark and that uh, becomes perfection. And anything that's not at the benchmark is almost, it's not good. It's not complete. It's not whole. Mm. whereas a masculine way of looking at things is slowly improving having the goal out there and that's what you're working towards but every day you're getting better or every moment you're getting better every situation you're getting better you're going to go up and down but the overall trajectory is towards that thing and um i wonder if, if that's what's sort of tripping us up a little bit and so when it comes back to sex it's like well we've both got an orgasm he's got to go down on me you know we've both got to be uh groomed and, and ready and smell good and all, all those things you know the the lighting's got to be right you know i've got to be able to see you but not you can't see too much of me <laughs> i've got to have done f45 five times this week and look at, <laughs> looking ripped and yeah <laughs> he's got to be in place no you know all, all these all these things that then become the expectation and then we get into the moment and go oh, i'm absolutely burnt out <laughs> yes <laughs> I think there is something very true in what you're saying. And that pressure, like, orgasms hate pressure. <laughs> I have to say it. Yeah. So all those kind of expectations. And I think this is probably why sex gets put on the back burner a lot. Because you're right, like, especially for women, yeah, keep the house clean, get the kids fed, you know, be a loving partner, you know, whatever, go to work all that stuff is what the world sees it's about what the world sees mm-hmm. not necessarily what's true to them right as a measure of success and then but no one's seeing the sex life right no. so that's something that can just like oh i'm just i'm so tired yeah no one that's an interesting statement no one sees the sex life no but, but i do <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the that's one of the assumptions of a um completed person is that you're fulfilled and that's something out of that like sexual revolution that feminist revolution is that you're fulfilled completely and that includes being sexually fulfilled yeah but i reckon how you do life is how you do sex okay so you know when these people prioritizing other things and doing it for the world you know that's why they're not having an amazing sex life because 
the world isn't seeing the sex so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know so but if someone who's very true to themselves um they're probably going to have a really juicy sex life good time right so um i, I said you will talk about some anatomy oh yeah yeah and what i meant by that is um for the penis owners out there understanding that the glands is the same as the clip or similar to the clip anatomically yeah and um if you think about the bloom of the glands which is the tip or the helmet or whatever you, whatever you want to the call head, it yeah the thing that's hiding under a, a, a force canona um then you you want the you know that blooming feeling through your, your penis into that you know that's kind of how i think about uh, male orgasm that's okay. what you're trying to create um amongst down there and I think your your cushion and your little um, demonstration of a clitoris and the the legs and the branches and stuff is about creating the bloom and the erectile function of the clitoris. Yeah, spot on. For those for those for those that don't know, I have actually studied reproductive anatomy. <laughs> I was just thinking, am I meant to get all my bits? Yeah, get all your bits. Okay, okay. Yeah, hold. We'll hold this thing so we don't crash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, there it is. There. Well, I've got, I've got the little clitoris structure here. Right there, and then I need to get my penis um. <laughs> it's actually in the post. In the post. <laughs> yes. Where's it coming from? It's coming from China, <laughs> but we can use this. Yeah. It- same vibe here I guess <laughs> without the vibes <laughs> okay anything else oh maybe some diagrams diagrams look at this the illustrated clitoris how amazing how good yeah okay let me just check we've got a lot of A's, AMSR going on right now like the opening of a folder <laughs> You're tutting, you're right. Well, she's graphic. Those those images are used across the board, eh? I wonder who's got the um, trademark on on that image, that um, pelvic floor one they had before. Oh yeah, that's so. <laughs> it's it shows what's going on, eh? Yeah. It's actually such an incredible structure, I reckon, the pelvic floor. Yeah. I don't even like to call it a pelvic floor because that makes it sound really hard and like it doesn't move, but it's a diaphragm. Mm. And it's holding all our organs in. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? Kegels are amazing for men. But I don't think men do kegels. So we're sharing your saying about breathing into your anus. Oh, yes. Anal breathing. Yeah. Yes. That's that, Um. At the sort of hyper-masculine end, there's this fella, Elliot Hulse. He comes from a powerlifting and strongman background. So okay. You, so you can probably grab his vibe from there. Okay, yeah. But one of, one of his big things for a while there was breathing into your balls and, and like your, your, an, your anus. <laughs> and um, it's, it's funny, that, um, with doing Wim Hof and stuff and, and um, with Nigel Beach, he's... Sorry to ruin the presentation, Nigel, but here's a picture of all these athletes with this sort of crease um, in the t- uh, beneath their top abdominal muscle, and he said that's that's from them all holding their stomach in, 
And like if you do powerlifting or you lift something heavy, you're supposed to create this thing called abdominal pressure. So you want to descend your um, top diaphragm, the one that's under your lungs, mm. fill your stomach and yeah, really do that whole breath down right, you know, breathe from your balls or your anus or that area, your pelvic floor, yeah. to fully expand and, and maximise the cavity in there so then you can then create tension and drive that whole body as a unit. Yes. So, yeah, when you're doing a squat, you want to create uh, tension and stability so that all the force goes from your heels through your back uh, rear chain, it's called. Up <laughs> the rear chain. Rear chain, <laughs> yeah. And you've got to think of it like a chain, and you want to extend the chain and, and do the squat or do the deadlift or whatever. Okay. Yeah. It makes me want to get really erect. Get, get your posture going. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's so interesting because for anal breathing, the biggest key about that is for... Are you doing it right now? Yeah. I saw something in your eyes. <laughs> I'm thinking, a bit like Sharon, I'm like thinking about it. Yeah. It's about the placement of awareness in the body mm-hmm. because we don't really give much attention to our anus mm-hmm. like during our waking day except from when we have to shit. Yeah, I was about to say, except when you wipe your ass. Yeah. Is it clean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's like it's such a important part of our body that gets kind of shamed and grossed even when we're babies you know like you know we don't have much time out of nappies you know Mm -hmm. but when when the nappy's off that's when kids normally go and touch this themselves Mm. and parents are like oh yeah get hand out of there yuck 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 or changing nappies and like poor oh yuck you know really carry on and really vilify that part of the body and so that's why we say that that's where fear, shame, guilt, all the shit anal is retentive. hiding, hiding in the ass. Yeah, you're a tight ass, like yeah, tight ass, anal retentive. Yeah, yeah, bad connotations. Absolutely. And <clears> then <throat> when we learn about you know the male G spot, the prostate being in the ass, that's when we go, hey, <laughs> we need to be loving up that spot hard. <laughs> you know, or soft, or soft. <laughs> Preferably soft, very soft, actually. Yeah, but I think that's a big stigma as well. You know, there's like internalized homophobia about, you know, pleasuring the the prostate because it's, you know, back in the day it was seen as like you would only go in the asshole if you were gay. Yeah. You know, but I think that's changing. Do you know who Dave Hughes is, the Australian comedian? No. So he's like a sort of punk rocking looking fella okay he's quite quite tall and um big nose long hair and that, that's one of his his jokes and I've, and I've heard joe rogan do a variation of it but it's like um he talks about how when he got to the uk people were giving him stick about um having an earring in his uh right ear i think it was okay and they're like that means you're gay dave and he's like oh that's interesting where i'm from in australia we, to be gay means you, you, you have sex with another man and then he's like, and then all these people saying that like, oh man, you, you've got to be so soft to be a to be a gay person. Like, oh, I think they're bloody, bloody tough as they're, they're scared of nothing. They they fuck men. He's he's quite philosophical. I don't know if he's still around or not, but he yeah, was about five years ago. And oh, just one of those people that puts you in tears. Yeah. Oh, Dave, he's okay. a, yeah, and it's just because it's like it's not like. Um, 
muscly guy, but he's like burly and you know, deep voice, rock, rocky sort of guy. He's just making this joke about like, oh, get over it, mate. <laughs> it's just an earring in my ear. Yeah, I actually have had that situation of late. <clears throat> I've got a couple of business socks out of pink, mm-hmm. and I was at the gym in Hawks Bay, and the guy goes, "Those socks are a bit gay." I was like, oh. "Mate, they're socks." <laughs> You're happy. Get a grip. Yeah. Oh, see, I just hate. I hate when that word is used in a derogatory way. Oh, I did. Just. I've been. I've been pretty good at um, not doing that. And and I had a you know, system interrupt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my my mate who yeah, I went to his wedding and then now he's he's come come out as gay and he's he's very happy now, which is freaking awesome. Um, he's actually doing really good work around. Uh, um youth in, in, in homosexuality awesome um, so he's a teacher up here and um yeah i was sort of talking to him on the phone he was telling me about the trials and tribulations of of when he when he came out he's over in the uk and you know he's sort of coming forth to friends he trusted and things like that and then i was like oh man that's gay and i was like oh shit i'm so sorry bro <laughs> and and that that's that's probably been like the last last time i've used it and you don't hear it much in conversation but then a bit a bit like the old wood chopping you know it comes out all of a sudden you just get this go oh. and I think part of it is a lot of guilt that, that you did used to you know use that as a derogatory term well it was normalised you know especially through school golly it was hopeless yeah yeah. and, and I think that's what's quite good about um, I, I sort of hope for my mate that like this is really healing that he can sort of pass mm. pass on that to people like um, and and you, through high school you know there is so much homophobia around when we were, we were going through it and now it, it's sort of it's okay to sort of realize or experiment or find out the answer yes exactly this is like this is what i think is so crazy is we've got one life right and yeah. we've got one body and there is so much pleasure potential in this body yeah and we can't you know we we can't just assume that we know what we like mm. in terms of the gender that we are or what we're attracted to or the sex we're going to like or what our bodies are going to like we have to be curious we have to explore and we should be allowed to have the freedom to do that without other people's judgments mm. you know and that's why i think yeah for for like prostate owners like that is an incredible pleasure spot and if people are not willing to explore it just because of like thoughts that it's yuck or gross or gay is just just blows my mind i think jay last last season on your podcast termed it quite correctly eh? <laughs> he's like if you haven't tried it you're missing out <laughs> yeah exactly and i i've had so many men come up to me and say oh my god i love jay's episode and that's made me like you know explore my own blah blah, blah. and i was like yes and he he also said that that has been you know the po- like he's been on so many podcasts and stuff like that and that is the number one thing that whenever people see him out in the world that's what they talk to him about holy shit i know the poor guy now he's known as the butt guy no jay's not known as the butt guy <laughs> <laughs> okay i just started that rumor i'm sorry jay <laughs> no jay so many things oh i, I think, know i think you know like like we were saying before jay's the guy that could cut wood ride the harley davidson and he can never cry absolutely you know is it you know loving doting father to his two boys and um, him and Anna give each other shit but you know that's how they work couple goals oh. <laughs> 100% no, they're, they're hilarious yeah um, 
See, we're, we've, oh, got, yeah. we've got the old demonstration now. Yeah. So th- this, wee, this wee thing pokes out. So how how deep in... Oh, you, you've got the cushion. How deep in are these legs? They're pretty deep. So this is... Um, if this was the... Well, this is the vulva. Obviously not to size. <laughs> Should be a giant. Um, uh, Barbie's. Full, full-size Barbie. <laughs> She's huge, eh? <laughs> we bought one last week. I was like, "Shit, she's tall." <laughs> <laughs> she's so out of proportion. Yeah, I know. So Same unwell. Same with Ken. Holy cow! <laughs> he's got like he's got small biceps, that old Ken. Yeah, but what about his like V? Yeah, it's tight though. Eh? Like he must have like a twenty waist, and he's like seven foot tall. <laughs> he's a humiliator. <laughs> okay, okay. So vulva, vulva. So this is the outer labia, and um, this. This is where the legs all hide underneath. So this is the tip. This is the glands. This is like the head of the penis. Oh, you probably can't see that actually. But um, it is little. The legs are all hidden. You only ever get to see the tip of the clitoris unless you pull back the clitoral hood and then you can see a little bit more. But there's a whole shaft that is underneath that hood, like a little penis. If, if you go down there, you'll start to feel it. If you're aware of it, you'll, you'll feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. And you can feel the legs of the clitoris, especially if they're if it's aroused. It feels like little banjo strings. So you can actually feel into cushion? the cushion. Can you feel? <laughs> and then the bulby bits, that's the bulbs. Well, that re- that, this, is, this is really anatomically going on, this Yeah, cushion. why don't you put your phalange in there and feel the cervix? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> but that's actually what a cervix feels like, like a little smooth donut. I finally got to touch the cushion. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up for this, didn't you? No, you just no. wanted to bloody have a feel. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So. What, the, a t- what a tool, though. How did, how did you come across this cushion? Um, it, it comes from the Vulva University. Right. Because yoni is the sacred word for womb space, vulva, vagina, all inclusive. So mm. yoniversity is quite a fun little name. But I don't know. I just I saw some educator with one once, and I was like, I need that. Need a cushion. And I take it to workshops and stuff, and just gets passed around. And people are like, Oh my god, is that what it feels like? You can feel the G spot. You can feel the A spot. You know, all the pleasure parts in there. It's all there. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. So. Um, for people out there, they they don't need to just go for the for the tip. They can get all around and stimulate the whole area. Yeah, it's not a target. No, and there's actually a great move that I think you might like to know about. So it's called the Tour de France, Tour de France. <laughs> and it is um, and it's best done with lube, and it's just literally tracing your finger in between the outer labia and the inner labia. There's that real smooth piece of skin, mm-hmm. and um, just really slowly, and you can go one way and then the other. And it's such an interesting uh, sensation to receive mm-hmm. that, because normally if somebody is down there, they are very clitoral focused. Mm-hmm. But when when we start moving in slowly. Um, towards the clitoris it really helps with that build up and one thing I will say as well before you even get to kind of the genitals is the inner thighs Mm -hmm. because that's our first barrier 
Like that is the gatekeeper. Think cross your legs. Yeah, exactly. Of like keeping people or things out. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a protection. So if you can kiss, lick, massage, that is going to really create safety and then slowly moving in. So yeah, lots of touches and strokes of the outer labia, then going maybe like the Tour de France. Then maybe like the inner labia doing some like little um, massaging downwards towards the, the opening, the entrance of the vagina, even before considering going internal mm. or to the clitoris. Yeah, it's yeah. about slowing down the whole process. Yeah. And I think something that I'm seeing so much, you know, like labiaplasty, cutting off the inner labia. Mm. Um, you know, it's the fastest growing cosmetic surgery in the world, Western world, which is sad, right? Mm. It just says that so many vulva owners are scared and embarrassed about how they look down there. And so to have somebody actually down there and worship and like look and see you mm-hmm. and not judge, I think is really healing. Where is... <laughs> Where does a vagina blasty come from? Like, are there are there people out there that are saying, "Oh, geez, your your lab is a bit like in and out." Yeah, there are. How do you need? Yeah, there are there. Yeah, and because in porn we we don't uh, see outies, and um, you know, I think there's a law in Australia where you know even for togs and underwear that's on sale mm. you have to photoshop out any like shape camel or toe. yeah camel mm. toe any flaps anything that might be sticking out Odd, oddly enough i had someone comment the, the other day that the person didn't have enough camel toe they, they enjoyed the camel toe i was like great yes i celebrate <laughs> that <laughs> no i was like hey, that's cool but this is the thing this is why i have my vulva photographed for mm. my friend who's doing a um, coffee table book of vulvas because it's about diversity and now i've seen probably ne- i've probably worked on nearly a hundred vaginas and mm. vulvas and they're all different yeah they're all so different some you know in a labia like one side's longer than the other some are really big and out some are tiny it's just some look like flowers some look, look like lettuce like it's all beautiful mm. in mm. their own way but back to the back to the rugby it's like um <laughs> If you're if you're in the in the showers, well, not not so much these days. Plenty of people sharing in their undies, but you know, ten years ago when you were all sharing in the neck, no no two dicks look the same in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Well, nobody's noses look the yeah. same. Why do we expect like vaginas to look the same? It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, there's some there's some weird ideas. You know, Photoshop, help from Photoshop. No. Yeah. Well, if that's not normalised, you know. And so people don't get a chance to see mm. that diversity. Or uh, Representation matters, you know, yeah. and we don't see that in genitals. I mean, we see it in like Roman statues of men, but then, you know, the Catholics came through and carved all the penises yeah, out, didn't the, they? Yeah, made the penises be small for because, you know, um, virulence is... Was this sin or something? I don't, know. I don't know what the vibe around that was, but, you know, didn't want some big dick person... No. That was wise. Oh, hell no. Good. They might get too busy shagging <laughs> instead of being wise. Yes. <laughs> Thinking with your other mind. Yeah. Mm. No. Um, so how was the Satisfier Pro and where did suction all of a sudden come from? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's interesting, right? Like, I, I'm genuinely like, where the fuck did suction come from? The, the, no, no Cosmo or FHM said about 
applying suction. <laughs> it's actually airwave technology. Airwave technology. So it's not actually suction. Where's the R&D department of the, how do you get a job there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing R&D on sex toys? Eh? Oh my God. But it is a game changer, you know, like. So earwave. Yeah. Explain. Oh God, I don't know enough about this. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. But it's Paint, the pulsing. <laughs> yes. It's like the um, everlasting gobstopper of Willy Wonka. Oh, yes. You're never going to get that recipe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of copycats out there, so it can't be too hard to figure out. No. Well, there are lots of things out there that are now coming through. Um, and I guess it is coming back to the being eaten out. It's trying to mimic that. Mm. And I quite often talk about this. I'm a cunnilingus snob because I love it. I remember the first time I was eating out and I was like, what is this? Grand, grand. This is a game changer. Like, what the hell? And um, and so... So, uh, just before we carry on. Yeah. So, on your own pleasure, it's not simulatable until now? <laughs> no, I haven't had it simulate. I still... They're still so that's that's this is why they're satisfied bro tuggy things you're, you're like i've got a high bar for this yeah this is why i get sent sex toys all the time right and i'm always like looking for i'm chasing the dragon <laughs> <laughs> and um i just can't i can't find that toy yet but the satisfied pro is probably the closest mm-hmm. that i have found to that um yeah, so it is amazing technology. And I think for, you know, like I bought one for my mum. Mm. And she was like, whoa. Yeah, old Sharon hit her up. She said, Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mum was about it. Like, you know, I think about, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a game changer for people that are too scared. Like lots of women are too afraid to even let people down there to eat them out because of like insecurities, smell worried about the taste worried about the look all those kind of things but i think if they actually knew the pleasure potential which you can learn from a toy you would be like i don't care about any of those insecurities like get on down there mm-hmm. mm. so what's r&d for male toys going like well satisfier which is the brand yeah they actually make some good male toys as well yeah and um but i think there's a weird stigma because of the mess i think to you i think so. like and, and it's funny um <clears throat> you know everyone thinks of joe rogan and you know talking about alpha brain and on it but old aubrey marcus is actually the person behind the um pocket pussy is he and so um yeah that was oh, one of well, that was one of joe rogan's first ad reads that's kind of like their connect their connection is to do with with to do with that that's cool yeah. i didn't know that like fl- flashlight yeah. Yeah. So Aubrey Marcus is behind Fleshlight, or was, and that was like one of the first ad reads that Jerrigan did was Fleshlight. Wow. And okay. so a lot of the early podcast that was kind of how Fleshlight made a bit of money was through podcasting. Wow. Yeah. This is great. But it's all also like, it, you know, it's like the thousand true fans out there. Like, there's enough people out there that'll buy a Fleshlight, but it's not mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the mess, yes. Probably. That's just that's just my idea. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I have heard of like men that have used like a pocket pussy and then it's like, ugh, and it's like an expensive one, but they can't be bothered doing the washing and the drying and the, so they throw it out. 
Throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. But the, there are some like one use kind of. Um, that's, just, wa- that's wasteful though. Isn't it? I know it is. They're called tenga eggs, and they're like masturbators. They call them, and you like put it on. It's like kind of like a sheathy thing, and it's like ribbed and all these different things, and it's just like a luxury hand job. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, all of a sudden th- thought of this. If, um. Scott, is your friend? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how before he left his old job, he was videoing the guy with the, the, <laughs> the, the massage balls on the chair yes. that sit on the middle of the back? Yes. So there's like balls that rotate in there and they are also quite knobbly. Yes. And that's immediately what I, what I think of, like that sensation around you. Oh. Okay, you'd almost be scared that's going to crush your dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the other thing, a, a fear of having your dick crushed. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that's what it is? I'm just coming. I don't know. I'm just coming up with my <laughs> ideas and thoughts and things that are coming to mind when it comes to a masturbator. What would the ultimate like pleasure sensation be in a toy for a penis owner? Well, I think that's where it's also quite tough. It's like even when it comes to hand jobs, there's there's firm, there's tight, and there's loose. And so, how do you control firmness? What is firmness? Well, it's different to the individual, right? And, so and this the, is where the communication needs to come in. Yeah. The R&D department for men's toys needs to step up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, okay, then what's your thought about, because, you know, I think a few men are feeling quite insecure about things like that SP2, the pleasuring for, right, for yeah. women. What, what do you think the insecurity is there? Well, well, this is what I'm not sure about. This is why I'm keen to hear your perspective. Oh, right. But, like, I think it's because they think they can be replaced easily. Yeah. That, that's that's probably a valid a valid um, concern for some people. Oh, um, and I might be my mindset. But I, I, I kind of think that there's probably a learning opportunity. There's two ways of looking at things. Like... I could be outdone or I could learn something from this and uh, understand what's going on because there's always going to be that human connection thing going on there yeah. and and the feedback thing that we're talking about going on there if, if, if you're ready to, to take on some feedback. But um, what I was thinking there with, with men's stories, there's always this jump to like a sex robot. Yeah. And like an interactive robot that's going to do everything that you want it to do but I still don't understand how and like when especially when it comes to intercourse the the um way that a woman's body changes throughout the throughout the intercourse and as you know things move and same with yourself you know you uh, sorry um with penis people you know they they you know you get more engorged less engorged you're you're um the way the outer part of you know the skin part of your penis moves changes in different ways and then you get you know the building feeling and different touching different places like how are you going to wrap that all up into a into a robot and you know is it going to slowly become more lubricated is it going to just start off with a with a swimming pool in there or what? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what what's what's going to how how are you going to build a sexual experience and then do that i don't know about every day but a, a, a lot of for a lot of men it's a daily thing of of um trying to ejaculate yeah you know depending what's going on in their life um you know it doesn't necessarily have to be sex every day but if there's the tool there 
and then and then there's the, the you know talking about meme things um i saw a comedy show and it was talking about oh hi brian this is my husband peter he's just started working from home too and oh karen we're gonna go walk and you know leave, leave the two husbands to it and the two wives leave and then it's kind of like um so have you got past the masturbating stage yet and he's like oh, how do you do it like i sort of set up my desk get get you know get ready to work put a plan you know think about you know what what i'm going to do each day but then it gets 10 o'clock and i just have to start and i can't stop but they talk about masturbation you know like that that's the other fear with men is like if it becomes a robot do they just have like a whole bunch of dudes and in, in, in their bedroom all, all day <laughs> with, with a robot having continual ejaculations like that'll be tiring but <laughs> Well, but this is what I wonder, like, it's like, does it come from suppression? And then when you're allowed to, or when you've got like something that you just can all the time, do you just then want to? Because like, if we just, it's almost like intuitive eating, you know? Like when you're bored at home, you just go to the fucking fridge. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? Or like, if you, if you like, okay, if you've got like a partner. Sex, like, sleep and food. Just- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Maybe the it's essentials. The essentials. But like, you know... But sex is supposed to be about reproduction. It's not about... Oh. But then... Uh, so that's where it's not just sex, sleep and food. It's also connection and community and, and drive and support security. And why the hell did God give us clitorises? That ain't part of the reproductive system. There's no, no... There's nothing that we need about that except from pleasure. That's all that that does. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's where you get in the argument. I had, had a poor Jehovah's Witness guy coming the other day. <laughs> Do you believe in creation or evolution? I was like, oh, all right, that's some tech lock. <laughs> I, I think um, the raised Catholic card is quite good on Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Or the hose. <laughs> the hose. My mum used to squirt Jehovah's Witnesses I reckon invite them in. Have a yarn. Some, if you've got time, of course. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, it's kind of like um, the thing I said to him is like, oh, geez, you should see when the I didn't say geez, um, you should see when the when the eye goes wrong. It's not good. I'm like, and that that's where the whole like God God created a thing gets complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this, the same with this. It's like, well, did God create it, or was it was it? Uh, we, we've got a couple of hormones that flick one way or the other, and um, depending on what's swimming in the soup. <laughs> Reproduction is unreal. Unreal. Especially well, now sorry, that we've... Embryology is unreal. Well, Re- yeah. And re- reproduction. It's all, all in the same vibe. I know. And the, large and crossover in the Venn diagram. So, <laughs> and we're still learning. Oh, like, yeah. You know, we've just learned in the last few years that it's actually the egg that chooses the sperm. It's not the sperm that's the best swimmer that yeah. we thought. Yeah, it's not, there's not a big... There is a little bit of a battle going on, but yeah. Yeah. So... Do you know what is hilarious about embryology? What? They found one hormone for like um digits digitization and they called it sonic the hedgehog because like the initial digitization kind of looks like sonic spikes okay turns out sonic the hedgehog is involved with so many like um orientation functions throughout the body and so like i can't remember in which order so you get like a diffusion of this sonic hedgehog sonic the hedgehog hormone yeah and that say determines your thumb to your to your pinky. It also determines your shoulder to your hand, <gasps> like your hip to your leg, your, your toes. What? And I, I can't remember, but I think it's also involved in your genitals. Like Sonic the Hedgehog 
it's out there. It's in the soup big time. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you should look up Sonic Hedgehog. You need some more appreciation for Sonic. <laughs> Sonic. I know, but it's just like, like found one thing. Oh, it's digits. Oh, it looks like Sonic the, Sonic the Hedgehog. Whoops. <laughs> Classic. God, the body's amazing. Incredible. I know. Yeah. And, and yeah, just the soup. You can get this guy or, or this. I don't know, is it right to put them guys and girls? I don't know. Well, we're not meant to gender things, but yeah, go these, for it. These organs. <laughs> yeah. And and these two are related. <laughs> I know, and they're so similar. <laughs> yeah. Especially like in the you, formative... When, you take away the, the, the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> draw back the curtains and, and there they go. Yeah. I know. And, you know, this is the thing as well. What I try to bring into sex is is a a whole body experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can wake up the whole body. The whole body can be an erogenous zone. And all that an erogenous zone is, is, you know, nerve endings, a cluster Mm -hmm. of nerve endings. And that's the same with like the head of the clitoris, the head of the penis. We've just got all these nerve endings. That's why it feels so good. And we've got them like in our neck, behind our ear, in our wrists, Mm -hmm. nipples, you know, underarms even, you know. Um, So you can wake up the whole body and make it feel so good. Do you know what's funny? Like um, being tickled and aroused. Like, so um, I'm a very ticklish person, so it's very and again it goes back to that crossing the legs thing and you need to use a bit of breath work a bit of anal breathing to uh, calm yourself to then let yourself uh, sort of fall into being touched in these erogenous zones to be aroused yes and I don't know whether that's true or not but I think I found myself less ticklish yeah because ticklish is often um because it's pain as well like quite often people are ticklish when it's actually there is pain sitting there wow because the nerves uh, it's like a neuro pathway that's gone a bit like haywire so um it's it is funny you have it's you have to really be in that place in your body that you're feeling to change the sensation so say if you are ticklish and you're using your breath it's the that's the placement of awareness and the consciousness yeah so that's good that you can do that fascinating breath is breath is powerful yes and it can take you to tantric states during mm. sex as well by harnessing that you don't need drugs you can be <laughs> out in the stars no uh, my first public workshop of um Wim Hof I'd you hear them describing DMT and that apparently you can get a DMT release when if you go really deep in Wim Hof and yeah seeing some imagery Really? Yeah, it was outrageous. I fainted. Oh, my God. Okay, don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, you know, this was under a supervised um, situation. Yeah, but... What did you see? Uh, pyramids, funnily enough. Oh, my Just, God. Any uh, camels? No camels. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Hindu um, statue person, a Jesus-y person, but then that might have been uh, Mark Kluwer. He's like a bearded, long-haired <laughs> bloke, and he was the guy standing over me t- <laughs> touching me bringing me back but yeah and um yeah i had a real sort of um ancestral situation of like seeing a shipwreck and stuff um my uh mother's uh, that grandfather side um when they immigrated from ireland um it's a good yarn the old uh captain was a bit was new year's eve oh no it's on the rum on the rums so there was there was a little bit of a tyranny happened because um, they kind of uh, going past the Catlins, hit a sandbar, 
so they're a bit they're a bit beached and so one of the crew was like right out you're scared in the lifeboats and then the captain's like get fucked like get back in here so half, uh, not half like one lifeboat went across to shore um another ship was coming down from Dunedin going to bluff and it tried to help them and the captain told them to fuck off oh my god and then and then so then they got off the sandbar and then they kind of went past the um river mouth and then they beached up on the other side of the river mouth so that's where they like fully shipwrecked so it's now called Surat Bay after the ship but half the crew were and passengers were over over the other side of the gigantic estuary river mouth and um they were supposed to be going to Dunedin and that's your ancestors <laughs> on that boat yeah <laughs> come all the way from Ireland wow and that's like New Year's Eve <laughs> I think about 1872 or something like that that is haggard <laughs> so yeah that was, that was something, something I saw it was like this shipwreck and I was you know people talk about like releasing trauma you know maybe <laughs> wow yeah it's like oh, maybe, maybe that's like a hold back that's been going on generationally potentially they say like the ancestral stuff's in the bones in the bones yeah it's in your bones yeah and quite often you know we don't really like we actually hold so much tension and stress in the bones as well mm-hmm. and um with the hands-on body work that i do i put a lot of pressure on bones mm. and holding and it can feel so safe and so comforting and i quite often have like clients that are like whoa this feels really old there's something else ah. that's happening right now i'm like wow because the body yeah like we are we're made up of dna of like back and back and back yeah, yeah. it's there so wonder on my old man's side of the family the uh, lower back's about <laughs> which the sacrum or yeah uh yes yeah, so they so bad side again like because the um is it a perculum okay right. a hole where the nerve comes out it's a bit tight oh. so you get irritated nerve and then it whacks on the on the bone and then just spasm big time oh yeah yeah Ouch. my mum has a story of dad lying you know face down on the on the ground because now he's comfortable and just like literally flipping <laughs> like not intentionally just massive pulse of energy just like woof and he ended up on his back wow yeah he, he had surgery which fixed it like okay you know, back, yeah. sur- back surgeries pretty sketchy in the outcomes but no he's, yeah. he's had a great one wow yeah the so, si- the so si- then my grandpa was like that seemed to work can <laughs> i do that too and yes it helped him out too wow so it's something to do with the nerve structure down there uh i think um the, the like you say um kept in the bones that's what made me think of it it's like yeah the um the hole that the nerve comes out is not big enough wow well maybe because <laughs> the sacrum the sacrum's so <clears throat> special because it's the last bone in the human body to decompose wow i know what's that about mm. <laughs> i got a broken coccyx Ooh. yeah oh i could fix that for you could fix it well i can go in there <laughs> <laughs> how much does this cost <laughs> for you very good price <laughs> very good morning price special price sunday price <laughs> well like i can when it's out of yeah. alignment i can put it back in alignment through the anus <laughs> i bet there's nothing like having your um pelvic um, x-ray chucked up on on the screen <laughs> one seeing your coccyx out of space and two seeing your outline you're like oh great <laughs> oh, oh my god yes ah oh. <laughs> that's hilarious hey yeah, like so i had a hip issue 
yeah, again, back to the bones. Yes. Yeah, that might have been maternal, maternal lines because that, that's where all the hips, hips all came in. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could have just been playing soccer and swimming breaststroke. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> or you're rough and tumbling in yeah. the water polo. Water polo, yeah. All that, what's it called? Egg beater kick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you seen water polo? They get out to like their dogs. It's outrageous. No. Outrageous sport. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you had to get a few MRIs and X-rays oh. of the pelvis, and he slaps it up on the laminated thing. You're like, oh great! And you can see your penis. <laughs> you can see your dick. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty. Great. I'm gonna look up some pelvis X-rays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Just curious, out of curiosity. Yeah, mate, this has been bloody fun. Yeah, much better doing it in person than getting locked in my cupboard. That was, <laughs> that was funny. I got, got off the Zoom call with you and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no handle in this cupboard. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, we stuck in there? <laughs> Briefly. Yeah, luckily my flat weight was home. <laughs> <laughs> Much better in the flesh. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Better vibe. Um, mm. So uh, are you guys almost done with season two? Season two is wrapped. Wrapped. Having some meetings about season three. Oh, there's demand. Yes, there is. I'm thinking about making my own sex toy. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Trying try to reach the holy grail. Exactly. I've got to do it for the gals. Yeah. You need to have a chat to these people about the um, R&D for, for men's toys. Yeah, okay. I've got a bit of a men's audience. Yeah, you've got to, yeah I'll come and advertise on, on your uh, platform. Slide, in, slide into the DMs <laughs> instead of smooth, what was it, my smooth balls or whatever they are. <laughs> Well, actually, I did get a message from the creators of something called the Baldo. Bull, bull or ball? Ball. Ball. Baldo. And you put your balls in as if it's like a pair of socks almost, like both balls go in, and you actually, and it's got like a penis-shaped thing on the end, and you penetrate with the balls. Wow. Yeah. And the balls are what goes in to the hole. And I was like... Oh my god, this is so typical of like men just wanting to like put everything inside. Put like. it in there. <laughs> but they reckon there was like lots of pleasure in it. But I was like, they wanted to come on the podcast. I was like, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Shitty sex toy out of here. I'm trying to think how that works, but anyway. Yeah, I'll send you the link. See mm. if you think it could be Five good for reviews. a hone. <laughs> <laughs> Five star reviews. Joe in Arkansas says. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it must be tough to build a website for a sex company, eh? Yeah. Yeah. What do we what do we want on here? <laughs> Inventory? How to's? <laughs> how to's are important for sex toys. Are they are they usually like actual people or is it always drawn? Hmm. Yeah, it's no, it's not normally people. Mm. But it should be. That should be normalized. Because this is why porn's big, right? People have got curiosities about seeing actual people doing things. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, porn isn't a true depiction of what happens during sex most yeah. of the time. Yeah, porn's eating itself. It just keeps pushing the boundary. And then yeah. wrong, well, I don't, don't necessarily want to call it wrong direction, but a questionable direction. They're, they're narrowing the niche. Yes, they are. Anyways, sorry, I digress. We were wrapping. We were wrapping. No, it's... Uh, Fantastically heavy on it. Anything to leave us with? Slow down. Slow down. Use your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Lovely. Done. Yay. Thanks, mate. So welcome. <laughs> Such a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>